hello and welcome to the Encounter Mercy podcast. It is not the normal two. It is me, Brother Barnabas, and AJ. Say hi, AJ. Hi, AJ. Sit back, relax, and buckle up for a conversation that we don't even know exactly what we're going to say right now. Here we go. Hi, AJ. Hey, Brother Barnabas, how are you? I'm good. Just sitting here uh, in your room in the seminary recording a podcast, man. Nice. How was your day? Uh, it was good. It was long, but um, that's, how, that's how it rolls. We had homiletics today, which was kind of fun. Yeah, we gave our uh, first uh, Sunday homily. So like, you know, kind of a little more extended than a daily mass homily, eight minutes or so. We had to use like a, a three-point plan. So how do you, how do you think that went? Um, it was good. I think I practiced writing my homily like I, like I will do in the future, which was like 10 minutes before <laughs> class. On like a, na- a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did okay. Um, I brought up Braveheart, which was always clutch. So I thought, I thought it was a win in terms of my presentation skills. That's about as far as I go. You, you should write a book based on like Mel Gibson movies and like Catholic <laughs> spirituality. Cause I know you've mentioned like, like the Patriot and Braveheart Dude. And stuff like that. I just asked my little brother yesterday, uh, a couple days ago, I said, which do you like better, the Patriot or Braveheart? And it was like asking him which, you know, which child he loved more. <laughs> it's difficult. I think he said the Patriot. I think I understood more once uh, I had seen Braveheart like all the way through. It was, this is like several years ago when I first got to seminary. I think you had like a, a campus ministry thing. We watched it with a bunch of students. Oh, yeah. And like I, I understood. I was like, you know what? Like I want to go fight for like, you know, some, some epic, I want to get in the fight. I want to like represent, you know, God and freedom and liberty. So it's a, it's a good like pump up movie. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, it's one of my, Braveheart is one of my go-tos for um, just like a man movie <laughs> night to lead into some type of discussion or something like that. Um, there's just a lot of good like lines in there and scenes and stuff like that. I think it captures just an image of, um, like, I'll put it put it this way. There's this book called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, and he uh, he talks about uh, what is masculinity, um, what is spirituality, and he intersects the two. And there's one line in there where he says that a man's heart um, is is wild, right? And that's why when when uh, when a man goes out into the wilderness, right? it's like there's uh, something that just clicks with him that um, a man's, like the wilderness matches the geography of a man's heart, you know? And a part of that is just like a a sense of um, simplicity, uh, but also there's like a little bit of adversity there, you know? Like it's not easy. It's kind of hard. It's not like comfortable or soft. Um, And I think that's, a similar thing that like Braveheart has going. It's like, man, we're not made for easiness or comfort that lasts forever. It's uh you know, it's kinda like the <clears throat> the Lord of the Rings thing too. Like if if they just stayed in the Shire the whole time, it'd be kind of a boring book. Mm-hmm. You know, we're made for a journey, like a mission. That's funny you mentioned the like that wilderness and adversity. Cause I think every weekend or so for the last month, I go out for hikes out by like the mausoleum. I'm like, you know, um, 
it's been asked, it's monastery property, but I won't use trails or like the open farm space. I'll just go into the woods as deep as I can. Yeah. And it's like, not, you know, not use a map or my phone or anything, just walk around. Uh, and it's cool because you're following game trails. And like you said about adversity, because sometimes it's like, you know, the grass is up to your neck and you gotta like make a trail. Uh, so that's just like, I'll be out there for an hour, but I come back, it's very freeing, uh, it's very edifying. So, so maybe I'm tapping into like what you're talking about, like, you know, uh, the wildness in man's heart that he can connect with that when he gets into nature. Mm. Um, speaking of all that, hunting season is coming up, right? And uh, I just started hunting like basically a year or two ago. So I'm still pretty new to hunting. But man, hunting has been a really interesting thing, even like a spiritual experience, right? Because you are like, you have to sit still. You have to be quiet. And you have to focus. At the same time, um, I, f- I found that the most deer that I that I saw was whenever I would start falling asleep. <laughs> and you're like sitting in a tree stand or sitting by a tree. And all of a sudden you wake up and there's a deer like five feet from you. And you're like, oh my gosh. And then you scared away. Um, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the stages of Lexio Divina where you're like trying to like do what you're supposed to do. You know, you're like putting work into being quiet, putting work into being focused, being attentive to what God wants to do. And then finally, you just kind of like give way, hopefully, to contemplation, which is more of a passive kind of like let God be in charge. And it's like when you fall asleep hunting in a tree stand, you're mm-hmm. like, you start contemplating. And next thing you know, something happens, deer. you know? Father Kines always talks about that. He's like, just f- try to fall asleep. And you'll see plenty of deer. <laughs> like, I don't understand. But then I understood. That's funny. I like it. Yeah. Like, see, it's interesting like that. I think sometimes... Um, I do like to do it every day in my holy hour with the gospel of the day. And sometimes I'll read it and be like, okay, this one line is like the easy answers is like, you know, I've contemplated this before, thought about this before. And you kind of ignore it and put it aside. Like, okay, God, like there's just something new you want to tell me in this gospel. But I always find it funny because God ends up telling you what you're going to pray about. Mm. You know, you're, you know, I, I kind of, I'll, I'll self-will my own lexio be like, oh, but God, you know, bring this up in my heart. I want to think about this part of the gospel. Really, it's like, Sometimes it's the part I don't want to think about, you know, like when Christ is yelling at the Pharisees, it's like, oh man, like that's me. Like he's yelling at me. Or like, yeah, like, or like the gospel today, you know, um, it's a passage that's in the other synoptic gospels that uh, he criticizes the Pharisees for having clean outsides, but like dirty insides, mm. like, like a cup. Um, or like in Luke today, it says, uh, there's an extra line that says, you know, is not the maker of the outside, the maker of the inside as well. Mm. You know, so like cl- got to clean the inside. But you know, um, I think it's good though, AJ, to think about how God actually is, you know? Whenever I was a kid, um, I struggled with a lot of scrupulosity and, you know, a big problem with scrupulosity is also like not seeing God properly, you know? As much as people can tell, you know, you think that God is going to punish you or whatever for like irrational reasons and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I think that, um, of course, God loves us and uh, love, you know, a good question is what is real love? You know, it's not just like Barney style love, you know, where everything's fine. (laughs) There's no, no, God wants to like actually keep us on the right path. And um, there's a great scene from uh, uh, the movie Rocky Balboa. 
not the original ones. That's like it, the, one the new ones, right? Yeah, the one where, like the the most recent, not the most recent one, the one that came out uh, where he was old, like the first of the, the new ones. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually played this clip at Bible study last night where uh, he gets in a conversation with his son outside the restaurant that they own. And Rocky Balboa is going to fight again and all this stuff. And the son is just so self-focused on how does this fight that his dad's doing affect him with his own reputation and any comments that other people are going to make and stuff like that. And uh, I never, until I looked at this clip again and listened to it, you know, you should look it up and check it out. It's a good... I think think I've seen it. Yeah. Well, when you watch it though, with the eyes of like, imagine this is God, the father talking to his, like one of us as his son, you know, like it's very loving and everything he says is because he loves his son, but it's also very, you know, firm and direct. Like he's not, he's not telling him half truths. He's telling him the truth. Isn't it it's like the one where he tells his son, like, you know, keep getting up when you're knocked down. Like, don't be afraid of shame or embarrassment. Right. And don't let anybody else control how you approach life. Hmm. You, know? you shouldn't be worried about what other people are saying or thinking about you or whatever. Um, and ultimately it's, uh, really i think connected to uh only wanting to satisfy god ultimately you know that, these are like connections that i'm making as i'm watching this but um but yeah to, to bring this back to what we're talking about you know even when you read the bible or you're praying and people are like man i'm afraid to like think about this or pray about this thing we think god is gonna like yell at us or hurt us or whatever but there's a great distinction I think that my spiritual director told me years ago uh, of trying to learn how God speaks versus how like the evil one speaks, Mm -hmm. you know, in our conscience, that little voice in our hearts that kind of like sits in between and like, we have to balance all the, all those voices. And, you know, God speaks in a way of um, unity, encouragement. And, uh, you know, even if it's admonishment, there's a sense of like desire to be to be better stuff like that the devil speaks in words of division um, accusation accusation lies you know all these type of things and i think it's helpful to um to know those distinctions so that you can uh you can pray better basically yeah i think it's interesting learning about how satan works is he'll even take our good intentions and warp them um and that's why I've heard a lot of uh, spiritual writers talk about when you take on penance, like consult your spiritual director, because a lot of times even that can become self-centered. Like, well, why are you fasting on Fridays? Or like, why are you giving up meat on these yeah. days? Because it become like, maybe like in community, it become a competition or for yourself, it's, you're trying to prove, oh, I can, I can control myself. Um, so yeah, I, I've always heard that, you know, check with a, a spiritual guide and they're going to do penance because Satan could even twist that. Something you're giving up, something like ascetic, which is usually always good, he can, that can be a source of pride. Like, yeah. oh, look what I'm doing. No one else is doing this. Well, there's like a whole, um, I feel like when you get deep enough in the Christian walk, you know, the Christian life, no matter what your vocation is, when you start taking your faith seriously and you're involved in any type of community per se, like your parish or college ministry or whatever, they're, uh, they become new blind spots that you weren't aware of before. So, for instance, like, you know, pre-conversion, whatever your situation is, there might be blind spots of simply like, man, I need to 
I should be praying. That would help my life a lot. And some people just don't even realize that. You know, it's a big blind spot. By blind spots, I'm talking, you know, the analogy of if you're driving your car and your side mm. of your mirrors or whatever, your mirrors only see so much and you have to kind of shift in your seat a little bit or actually turn around and look through the windows, not just look the little diameter of your, your mirror. But there seem to be other blind spots when you become a you know, full-time Christian, we'll say. And I think it's stuff like you're saying, like, um, you know, pride and ego and, you know, defining ourselves by our pious actions rather than still by God's love and our response to, to his love. Because there's even a, a beautiful opening to St. James's epistle when he says, uh, he says to the people he's writing to, uh, find joy in all the trials that come your way because they're opportunities for perseverance. Hmm. You know, he doesn't say, go out and look for trials. You know, he's like, listen, be aware of the ones that are already just coming to you in life's journey every day and find joy in them because they're an opportunity for perseverance. And uh, I think that's, in a way, like the, the trials that we take on, such as fasting and extra prayer and different things like that that Pete, you read about, uh, those are actually meant to help us learn how to endure the trials that are just going to come our way anyway, you know? Yeah, there's like there's a like intentional and then like unintentional <clears throat> unintentional penance, you know, intentional like in Lent, uh, you know, you give us something for Lent or on Fridays, you don't eat meat or you fast. But then there's like unintentional, it's the ones God gives you. And it's funny, at least in my life, I'm all gung-ho about this intentional penance, like, oh, my spiritual director recommended I do this. I'm really excited about it. It'll be tough, but it'll bear lots of fruit come Easter. But then God will give us a suffering and we just like resist, like, no, you know, I don't want to suffer like that. Like I'd, I'd seen memes uh, this Lent about coronavirus. They're like, I didn't know I'd be giving up this much for Lent. <laughs> but right. it, it's kind of the truth. Like uh, we're all gung-ho in embracing penance and suffering when it's our own will, when we control it and we want it. But then when God gives us something, you know, a, a hardship in life or a hard relationship, then, you know, we just shun it and reject it and pull it back away from it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of thinking right now, even like some, what are some specific examples of that type of stuff? Um, you know, things that kind of come to us, uh, that are, are we aware that this is an opportunity for, for growth, for grace, you know, some, one big one, is just simply somebody that bothers the heck out of us. I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. You know, like yeah. man, why do we give other people so much power over us? Uh, doesn't mean we have to become everybody's best friend. That's you know our, you know, a thorn in our flesh. But like man, this person is an opportunity to, to practice patience, to practice love, to practice actually being Christ-like. Um, but I think there's also a way to love in like that Rocky Balboa clip. It's not just like getting rolled over like a doormat, mm -hmm. but to speak the truth when necessary in love. Um, that's, that's a hard thing though, you know, because it's hard, you know, I, you think that as Christians, you just have to become like Jesus on the cross, which we do. Um, but that, you know, I think uh, needs to be, be put in proper context so you don't become like a doormat, you know, because Jesus on the cross was his way to fully love um, and there's a time and a place to endure like that. There's also a time and a place to flip over the money tables in the temple mm -hmm. and be like, hey, listen, this is not okay. 
whatever the situation is, you know? So I, I guess it's still getting vague, but yeah, maybe people. No, I like that. Cause I think, uh, for you and I now, especially because we live in, you know, a community, um, you know, in a special way for you, for your way of life as a monk. Um, but I forget who it was. I think it was a Dominican. It may have been St. Dominic himself, but said, he said, living in community, it's one of the greatest penances. Um, but then I think Aquinas said that uh, for guys in formation or in studies, you know, for monks or friars or for seminarians is your classmates, the people around you also become like uh, miniature formators in that, sure, they don't have a role above you, but they're going to form you. Mm. And so I think whenever he mentioned that, you know, a new person comes in and they annoy the crap out of you. Uh, yet they're meant to teach you something. Like, hey, look, you thought you were you could be very charitable, but look, here's like the one person you can't be charitable with. Like, why is that? Can, yeah. can this be a moment to grow? At least in my life, it's taken a lot of time with my spiritual director to kind of work through those things. Like, well, why can't I be charitable toward this person? Um, but yes, it's, it's just funny, you know, it's like if you're an athlete, it's like that one that one drill you can't get down or that, you know, that one rep you can't get or that one play you can't memorize. It's frustrating because you think you're good in all these other areas. Like, oh, I've been in seminary for this long. I've been a, a good Christian for this long. I should be good at loving everybody. And then the one person comes in that proves you otherwise. Uh, and it can be frustrating. Mm. It's making me think, um, you know, I, none of these trials, especially the one we're, we're talking about now with dealing with irritating people, um, I think none of them should be taken on lightly by ourselves you know um one one line i've always loved is that there's no lone rangers in the christian life you know um that we really do need support of other people and you know for every difficult person that we kind of have to deal with we do have to i think look around and acknowledge some some good people some people that we do find uh to be supportive to be formative in an even better way, you know, like the whole cliche thing, you become like the five people you hang out with mm -hmm. most. I think that's kind of important too, because if you're around five people that are trials for you all the time and kind of, <laughs> you might just become a trial to everybody else too, you know? <laughs> so to even be intentional to say like, man, I need to um, focus my relationship capital on those people that are going to be best for me. Um, and maybe that's how I'll learn to love the, Difficult people even better too, you know. Um, which brings up a whole nother conversation of like healthy environments, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I was uh, a biology major before I started doing all this religious life stuff, and one thing I've always loved in biology is um, if you want to know the health of a stream, all you have to do as a first indicator is see if there's any uh, macroinvertebrates, so like little water-dwelling bugs that are very sensitive, or uh, salamanders. Basically, the most sensitive uh, creatures that live in that creek, creek for us sciencers out there, in the creek, um, because if they're not present, you know that, oh, maybe this water is mm -hmm. not as healthy as it should be. And then you go from there and see, well, how many fish are in here? You know, how many plants are in here? Oh, why is the rocks covered with all this like orange soot? <laughs> you know, like that's not good. And I think there can be indicators in our own environments, whatever that is, home, church, work, school, that uh, 
maybe we should kind of be aware of to say like, oh yeah, we should be seeing this happen here. You know, of course, you know, what do you do about, about it? If that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, I think it's, it's important to have a high level of, of self-knowledge. I think, especially as seminarians will need to as priests, but I think for every Christian to have, you know, have their finger on their own pulse, so to say, you know, okay, end of the day, what bothered me today? You know, what were the joys, what were the sorrows? And kind of mentally keep track. Because uh, at least, you know, when we have a small group together every week or when I meet with my spiritual director, I'll kind of think over the the last week or last month and say, okay, like one of the times where I've been angry or been really stressed or, or has something been reoccurring in prayer? And I'll bring that up. Uh, so I think you bring up a good point is I think people need to have a good self-knowledge and not to deny what they're feeling, which is something that I was great at doing, uh, you know, even until now, but just letting, letting yourself feel an emotion like, you know what, that made me angry. I don't know why. I don't like that. It made me angry. I wish I could change. But the fact is like it made you angry. So mm-hmm. it's good to like bring it up with those uh, spiritual guides in your life and the people you trust, like your friends or family. Um, but like the, like the stream is there are all small indicators that we can pay attention to before you know, the stream of our life gets covered with soot and ash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, once again, to not, um, to not view the Christian life as something we have to figure out on our own, you know, to be able to identify all these things that we really are communal and we need friendship, you know? Um, and I think that there's, uh, there's different ways to even, I mean, one of the most difficult things for me, AJ, is whenever I talk to a student and we get around to, you know, how's your friends? How's your friendship in your life? And it basically comes down for a lot of people, a lot of people that, you know, I, I have maybe one or two friends and, you know, but even like my time I spend with them isn't a whole lot or whatever. And, uh, you know, people just don't have a lot of support, I think, sometimes with good friends. And it breaks my heart because uh, when I talk to people um, about their own relationship with God, you know, I kind of, like, I know how to encourage and direct them to take the initiative because uh, I know that God is taking the initiative toward them, right? Mm-hmm. And how to take the initiative to respond back to that and grow in relationship with God. But, you know, how do you encourage somebody to find good friends. That's a hard thing because I, I just want to like connect people to other. And sometimes I do, I'll try to like just introduce different people to other people to become good friends. But it's, it's still like, it's something that's out of, out of your control sometimes. Like if you're going to have good people that even you live around to be your friend. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of sharing that experience. How do you get people to be connected to good friendship? And how do you even, maybe I guess, um, identifying myself, how do I practice friendship uh, on my own so that I, I f- help cultivate supportive relationships that will help me along, the, not just help me, but be a part of helping build a, uh, a healthy environment period wherever I am, wherever I'm living. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, during quarantine, you know, we're all kind of, at least uh, the diocesan seminarians, you know, we're stuck in our parishes for the time being. Um, 
there's a couple of people that I, I had regular interaction with and they were, you know, they're kind of negative, you know, um, kind of cynical. And I remember it weighing on me because like, I'm a re- pretty positive person. I'm a realist, but I think I'm still an optimist at heart. Uh, so I remember reaching out to one of our uh, former classmates who I know is like super positive. And I just like needed to tell him like, here's our situation, you know, what, what can you speak into it? And he was like super understanding and empathetic, but I know, but like he was a very positive person. So I kind of let myself be vulnerable. I'm like, I need to rely on this person. I need, I need to like, we're on the same way. We're always in the same wavelength when it comes to stuff like this. Mm. Um, so it was really nice having a friend like that, that it's okay to be weak and say, hey, I'm in a bad spot. You know, I, this is quarantine is tough at times, but I know he'd understand and uh, he would know where I'm coming from. Yeah. Bro, cynicism, I think. Negativity. I think these are like occupational hazards of Ooh. becoming a full-time Christian. I, like I think of becoming just a human being, but particularly being like a full-time Christian because they manifest themselves in terms of just judgment, you know, that like things aren't the way they should be in the church, in my church, in whatever uh, group of Christians and how it should be and everyone, you know, whatever. And I think that's one of those blind spots that um, I've discovered in my own self in my uh, my time in the seminary, the monastery, or even being a missionary before uh, before I came here. Because whenever you're full-time doing uh, ministry or whatever, it can be easy to let certain tasks just become routine and then start getting, like, tired and then start getting negative because you're tired. And, like, for every... I'll put it this way. For every... Uh, great event that works out in campus ministry or every great experience that I have in the monastery, you know, there's like a couple other ones that are just kind of duds, you know, and they don't work out and stuff. And uh, it can be easy to become kind of negative or cynical. And time and time again, AJ, whenever I've gone away on retreat um, during especially the past couple of years, that's a big word that comes to my heart is like you need to really watch being cynical or negative because I think that is one of those pollutants that uh, we can put into the water mm-hmm. that immediately starts killing a sense of um, like it doesn't kill people. It's not killing it like like uh, like it's not like the, the salamanders and the little bugs are gone, but it, it takes away a certain spirit that should be existing, you know. And of course, at the same time, my own personality is kind of like, you know, I like to joke around a little bit and just kind of you know, be a little sarcastic with guys that I love and stuff. Um, but I guess I've learned that there has to be a time and a place for stuff like that rather than just kind of letting that happen all the time because that just kind of um, can turn into something that it, you don't intend it to be. Yeah. Like you said, uh, you know, cynicism can get bad, you know, if you're stressed out or having a hard time. I think it goes back to having good self-knowledge that, you know, if, if you're in a, having a tough week, maybe you know that your sarcasm will turn into like gossip or cynicism. So I just think it's, it goes back to, it's important. It goes back to having good self-knowledge that, you know, Hey, I'm in a bad mood, you know, or at the dinner tables with the seminarians or their monks, you know, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to uh, take the, the high road, maybe not talk as much or not bring up certain things that we all like everyone likes to complain about in seminary. Um, because I'm having a bad day. So, I, yeah, it's, it takes good self-knowledge and also a lot of self-restraint. <laughs> yeah. When you said I had a bad day, I just started thinking of that song. No. 
had a bad no. day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have nothing other to say than that. Cool. So, what a what are our takeaways from today? Um, takeaways. Let's say, don't be cynical. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like em- em- embrace your relationships because the people you interact with, uh, they can both be penances, but like you said, they can lead us to God, and then also learn to rely on your friends for support. Yeah, I think there's a lot of. Um, like I think one of the ends of the Christian life is to find peace. I think that's one of the ends of life, period, is to find peace. And one thing I think that could be helpful to reflect on in terms of peace is that perhaps if we stop right now in our situations, I'm sure all of us can acknowledge that things could be better, you know, whatever it might be. But to perhaps uh, think about the fact that maybe God in his divine providence uh, is allowing and willing for us to be interacting with the people that are in our daily life uh, and to experience the experiences that we're kind of going through. Now, of course, things like sin and abuse, things like that, you know, I, God's, God's not like, yeah, you know, you sh- this is like my will for you that, um, you know, we need to learn how to accept things but also reach out for help. Uh, and that's where, you know, we talked about the whole time, like having friends. Um but I think that one takeaway could be why you find that support to also accept, man, there's a lot that God has in mind for my state of life right now as I look to move toward a better state in life, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Um, and then to not do anything that's going to pollute the water. You know, try to make my little stream that I live in cleaner for other people, for mm. myself. Yeah. That's important, I guess, for us, especially because you know, other people are going to, I don't know, finish the analogy. Other people are going to fish in our stream. Like we're going to be priests and people yeah. will need us for uh, spiritual guides. That's right. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to wait in our stream. Sorry. My phone is on here and it's buzzing. I don't get any text messages until we start recording <laughs> a podcast. Um, okay. Side note too. Right now, wait, hold on. Let's see. Can you hear this through the microphone? Yes. Do you guys hear that? That, my friends, is a Woodwick candle. Uh, this is a little commercial for Woodwicks. These candles are so cool. It's like you have a little miniature fire in your room. You can hear it crackling. Isn't that what a candle is? Yeah, but it's, uh, I don't know, man. It's like a campfire. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, it crackles. It's like a campfire. Yeah, that, that, this is uh, Brother Barnabas's favorite candle. <laughs> Man, I think we need to find little things that bring us joy, like well, a nice-smelling like, woodwick candle. Well, it's like every time you come into Smell Group, I give you the honors. Like, you want to light the candle? You're like, yeah. You know? Uh, which is maybe for a future podcast could be a cool topic, like um, what are some practicals in terms of, you know, we talked about checking your environment to see if it's healthy or not. And uh, relationships is probably the biggest thing that makes – like that's the situation, but how do you make a healthy environment in terms of even like the little things, you know? Um, like for instance, when we come in here for small group into your room, this is like a nice little, nice little setup, you know? It like, uh, I'll put it this way: it like greases the tracks for having small group. Mm-hmm. It's clean. 
You got some nice chairs in here. <laughs> it smells nice because you got this candle. Uh, and I think there's something natural in us too that when we go to church, it's like, especially in the church world among church people, you often, uh, if someone says they went to a new church, one question I'll get is like, "Is it beautiful?" Mm-hmm. You know, because it it helps kind of facilitate worship when you're in a nice nice place. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think that'd be a cool topic to talk about more. How cool. to make a good environment? Yeah. Tune in next time. Tune in uh, next time. So yeah, be good to one another, even those people whom you have a hard time getting along with, like maybe a, a sibling or a coworker or a boss or whatever, because um, God is working through them as well. Uh, how how do we usually end these? I forgot. Um, there, there's a website. Is it is it EncounterMercy.org? You guys should subscribe to Encounter Mercy. Yes, and comment. And buy some Encounter Mercy swag. I don't even know if that exists, but it should. Um, also, check out Monk on the Streets on Instagram. Uh, you know, I'm almost at a year for Monk on the Streets. Dang. I think I'm going to like make one last video and then retire on the on the video. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, keep listening to the other ones from Andy and uh, Vince Vince to figure out what else they say at the end of this thing. Yep. All right. Thanks, AJ. All right, guys. Be good. Take care. Listen to the music now. Go.